If you've ever wondered what it would be like to let go of the emotional baggage that's holding you back from making the next step in your life, it's exactly what we're talking about on this episode of the Authentic Success Podcast. Do you ever feel like you were made for more and you just don't know what this looks like yet? My name is Jordan Ulrich and I've made it my mission to help people just like you align with your inner genius, lead a fulfilling life on your terms and facilitate true transformation from the inside out. Authentic Success is here to challenge you, inspire you, and bring you actionable strategies for stepping into the highest version of yourself from some of the world's greatest minds. You were put here with a unique purpose. It's time that we discover it and bring it to life. This is the Authentic Success Podcast. Welcome back to the Authentic Success Podcast, helping you connect and align with your true self to find and live your version of success, whatever that looks like to you, and facilitate true transformation from the inside out. So my guest today is Jocelyn Pettit, and she is an energy therapist who enjoys empowering her clients with taking their emotional healing into their own hands. Now, uh, she works with with a variety of modalities, uh, including emotion code, uh, body code, and something called Psych K, which I'm so excited to talk about. Uh, her sessions have helped hundreds of people, including myself, move past blockages and beliefs that lie in the subconscious mind. When a belief or, or a block lies in the subconscious mind, a lot of times we can't see it. So this is why her modalities are so incredibly powerful, and I'm so excited to be able to share some of these healing modalities and, and some of the energy work that anybody can do to start to move past the things that are holding them back and kind of pull out those, those chains and the baggage that's keeping people tied to the past. So Jocelyn, uh, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you, Jordan, for having me. I first, okay. So I had, I had actually met you as a ref- through a referral from a, a friend of a friend. Um, but for people who are not familiar uh, with emotion code, with body code, with any of, you know, any of the work that you do, could you explain kind of in a nutshell, what it is that you help people achieve and what is the vehicle that you use to get them there? Or what are, you know, the variety of vehicles that you use to get people there? Yes, you bet. So the emotion code was developed by Dr. Bradley Nelson. And basically it is, it is, about releasing emotional charge and energy from our trapped emotions. So we go through life, we experience an emotion, let's call out anxiety, let's say, and you generate this ball of energy of anxiety. And sometimes we can process it and it can just run through our system and we've gone through it, we release it and that's fine. However, sometimes it can become trapped into our energetic body, our physical body, or basically as a protection barrier in what we call a heart wall. Um, And so when that energy becomes trapped, you're walking around carrying this emotional charge. And a lot of people don't realize that as we go through this beautiful journey of life and we go through these highs and lows, that some of the emotional experiences and traumas that we we have, we actually continuously carry forward with us. And so the emotion code uses... um, kinesiology and muscle testing to determine, okay, what trapped emotions exist, what needs to be released. And once you release that emotional charge from your past, that, that emotional energy, you basically are just remaining with the experience and wisdom, and you're no longer emotionally connected. So it's a quite freeing experience. And you can use the emotion code for so many things, um, blockages, as you expressed, uh, blockages to abundance, to love, but also a lot of physical uh, ailments that we experience are quite often trapped emotions that are stuck in the body. 
Yeah, definitely. And I think that, you know, in, in the Western world, like it's not as common of a conversation, you know, if you, if you were to go see, if you were to go see, you know, a, a GP or something and say, Hey, you know, I'm, I'm really having trouble with, you know, anxiety or digestion or something like this. I not very often are they going to say, well, you know, what, what emotional baggage are you carrying around? Uh, what's your relationship like with your parents? What happened to you when you were a kid? It would just be a matter of, you can take this, right? And and we've gotten very good at treating things on, you know, we've gotten very, very good at treating things on a surface level, but when we're treating only the symptom, right? We're never getting to the root cause of what's actually causing the problem in the first place. And, and what you said with the emotional charge, right? If somebody has a very traumatic past experience and, you know, we have trauma with a big T and trauma with a little T and, and a big T would be like, you know, a plane crash or a car crash or, or, you know, watching somebody die, something along those lines, but little T's can be things like condescending, you know, uh, conversation or, or belittling, you know, or, or gaslighting or something like that in, in a toxic relationship. And then every time somebody remembers that experience, they're feeling, you know, that same kind of neurochemical potion of, of stress hormones that get released into the body. Um, yes. So uh, you mentioned muscle testing and muscle testing is so interesting because you are working with the subconscious mind and, and it's not going to give you a wrong answer. But for somebody who doesn't know what this means in, you know, uh, what would be kind of a brief explanation of what a muscle testing, you know, procedure looks like when you're finding out what these blockages and what these layers are, you know, underneath somebody's issues. Yeah, sure. So muscle testing is basically connecting to your subconscious mind, which is 95 to 99% of our consciousness. It's almost like a computer that is recording every moment of your existence and asking the subconscious mind something about your health, something about your body. So, um, Basically, this is how lie detectors work. When you're connected to a lie detector, it's not listening to the answers you're speaking. It's listening to your physical body response. And your response will never lie. Your body will go into a strong or weak um, response when you ask it a yes or no question. And so the theory behind muscle testing is that when you are speaking a truth or you ask a question that has a yes answer, your muscles will remain strong. And if it is a no answer, your muscles will fall weak. So this can be done both in person and distance. And since 99% of my clients are on zoom and distance around the world, Basically, what I do is I energetically connect to them for the purpose of the healing session. I muscle test on their behalf what needs to be released and and I let it go. So um, I know it sounds crazy to think about, but this, and I often will show my clients as well in session how they can self muscle test so that what I'm saying, they're understanding and it kind of once they can see their body respond the same way that I'm getting the answer, then they kind of become a believer. So I will often start with the sway test, which is just basically standing up, grounding yourself and focusing on the word yes and letting your body be a pendulum and respond to that and see how your body moves. And then I'll have them focus on the word no and see how their body moves and say a true and false statement. And that's basically teaching them self-muscle testing so that they can see where I'm deriving the information from. Yes. And very, very important too. what you said is that, is that the subconscious mind won't give you a wrong answer. Um, 
And, and that's why, you know, when like a lie detector, when you see, when you know somebody is not telling the truth, their physiology changes, right? When, you know, when, when I know that my, you know, my daughter, for example, if I say, hey, you know, did you hide the TV remote? And she kind of looks down and is like, well, no, I, I didn't hide it. I, I think, you know, my, my brother hid it or something, right? Um, and and when, when somebody's confident in telling the truth, their, you know, their physiology, their tonality is very, very different. Um, so when, when emotion gets stored in the body, right, because we've all had experiences where we felt that very, very powerful energetic emotional charge, right? Everybody knows what it feels like to have, um, you know, the, the sympathetic nervous system is activated, the heart starts racing, the mouth gets really dry, uh, your body goes into that fight or flight mode that, you know, with our 2 million year old brain, that's always looking for danger. That's, that's what it does trying to do us a favor. Even if it's just a, even if it's just a text message from, you know, say our partner that says, Hey, you know, I think we need to talk later or something, uh, or a message from your boss or, or a coworker and, and your, you know, your body starts to shut down, um, and, and get ready for battle when you go into these, into these fight or flight states. Um, if somebody doesn't deal with a suppressed emotion, and this goes back for, for years and years and years, where even you know someone like Neville Goddard said the root cause of all disease is suppressed emotion, suppressed negative emotion. Um, how is it that emotions get stored in the body and then, and then eventually end up causing things like anxiety, depression, and even something you know, that you mentioned is physical symptoms, right? People would say, well, how are emotions connected to a physical symptom? But what would be an example of somebody that, that was experiencing physical symptom, did emotion code work, did body code work, and, and no longer had to deal with, you know, with that emotional uh, you know, charge uh, manifesting itself uh, physically anymore? Okay. So, so many, I personally, I have seen so many, cause I think I've seen over seven or 800 clients. And so I've seen everything from neck tension, neck pain, um, hip misalignment. So literally like walking out of my office and their hip falling into place. Um, and their chiropractors are like blown away saying, okay, I don't know how to explain this, but you don't need a shoe lift anymore. Like your legs are even, um, ribs that would continuously go out of place because of an energy that was stuck there that kept pulling it into misalignment. Um, ear pain, so tinnitus, I think that condition, tinnitus, stomach pain, that anxiety, um, shoulder tension, back muscle pain, knee pain, ankle pain, like it, the list can literally go on and on and on. And emotions can be the root cause of almost any physical ailment. I'm not saying it is because for some people it's just physical. If you break a bone, you broke a yes. bone. That's yeah. a physical thing. Right. <laughs> um, but I'll have clients will be like, Oh, my ankles are hurting again. And I'll check the ankles and okay, sure enough, there's anger trap there. And so I'll say, okay, well, have you experienced anger lately? And I'll say, yeah. And I'll say, okay, this is what has activated. So really it's the body communicating with us saying, Hey, pay attention. Something's yes. wrong. I have this energy right here. And so pain is the notification for us. And it's telling us exactly where to look and it's actually a blessing. So if we don't suppress it by taking the Tylenol or the Advil or the medication that gets rid of that symptom, if we pay attention and hone in on our body, exactly where we're feeling the discomfort, that's often where we're led to where the emotional energy is trapped. Yes, of course. And, and, you know, 
digestive problems, muscle pain, joint pain, inflammation in the body. I mean, all of these things, you know, do have, uh, and, and if somebody's dealing with something like this too, start to think back to when this started, what are the events that were taking place around when this began? Right. And a lot of times, uh, working, I mean, I know that you're familiar with, with EFT or tapping, right. It's a, it's a great modality for ask people like, when did this start? And they'll say, oh, well, you know, it was this night and I had this huge fight with my girlfriend and then she slammed the door in my face. And then a week later I started developing this, you know, I couldn't digest my food or something like this. Right. And that's all it is. It's just emotional trauma that gets stored, you know, that, that gets stored in the body. Um, now one thing that I, that I did want to ask you about is, is when people, uh, do you have experiences where people seem almost like resistant to looking or, or a fear that if they look at the emotion, it's going to be too scary. So they might as well keep, you know, avoiding it. And this again, a great protection mechanism that our, that our brain comes up with is not, you know, just kind of that of avoidance pattern. Um, but what is the process like when you are clearing an emotion? Because I mean, having done emotion code work with you, such an amazing experience. Um, you know, w- what is some validation that people don't need to be afraid to look at their emotions? And honestly, you know, they should be more afraid of suppressing them more and more and more over time. Um, but what is the process of the emotion code? And I know there's documentaries, you know, a uh, great documentary about this on, I don't know if it's still on Netflix. I know it is on Gaia where there is an explanation of what the emotion code is actually doing um, when you're clearing that energy or when you're clearing that emotion out of somebody. The beautiful thing I think about the emotion code is that it's a very passive experience in the sense that it's not talk therapy. I'm not walking you back to that first experience where you where you went through something. Um, and most of the time I know nothing about my clients. So I come from a very unbiased perspective and I completely just trust the muscle testing and their subconscious mind to guide me to what needs to clear. And And when I say it's passive, I mean, the clients do not have to talk about anything. They just lie there or they sit there in front of me on Zoom. I muscle test what needs to go and it leaves. Now, sometimes when clients are lying there in front of me and I'm working, I will see tears fall or they will have a big emotional release. And that's okay too, because sometimes when I'm calling out an emotion, let's say it's heartache at 24 and all of a sudden their mind is remembering that experience and tears start to fall it's it's normal it's you know that's that's part of our healing journey so yes well some people have an emotional release during session it happens but most of the time it's just a very passive experience I just need them to be open and breathing throughout it and I take care of of basically discovering and transmuting the energies yes and and another thing too is that um and, and I know that I, uh, I definitely experienced this, like what some people would call to, to some degree, a healing crisis of some sort. When, when people release a stored trauma or they release a stored energy, um, they might expect to feel unbelievable right away. And it's not always the case, right? Sometimes right. it takes time to process. Yes. Um, what is that processing period? How long does it last? And what are some things that, that people experience during it? 
Great question. Um, so the most common thing people will experience is like a sense of lightness, like a weight has lifted off their shoulder, off yes. their chest, um, inner peace because they're less triggered by situations when you heal that emotional charge. Um, and you're right. Sometimes it's, it's happy and great from the get go, but you have three days of processing. When you do this type of work, your body is recalibrating its energies. And so I always go through what you may feel as processing symptoms during that three days. And the most common thing is tiredness. So mm -hmm. extreme exhaustion. Um, you can feel body aches and pain similar to a deep tissue massage. Um, you can also feel headachey or light head or bright brain fog. Um, and you can have an emotional movement as well. So whether that be crying or a movement of anger, we call it echoes of emotion. Yes. Um, you can have that experience as well. So I usually just tell clients honor whatever comes up for you in that three days and drink lots of water and message. If you have any questions, even the physical, um, you know, the physical processing symptoms, because I go through the entire body in the body code, I'm going through your intestines and, you know, your, basically your colon and everything that there will sometimes be the physical release that way of letting go of toxicities, because we are working through the body, letting go of blockages that existed. So some clients will tell me, yeah, I don't know if this is too much information, but, and I'll say it's completely normal, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just honor, ground yourself, drink lots of water, and you're going to get through this and you're going to feel great after those three days are done. Um, a lot of people, they just feel happier, more inner peace, less triggered, you know, the a situation will arise, they're more objective in their response. Mm. Um, and then of course, working through that heart wall and letting that blockage go, it just allows them to be more open and flowing with life and feeling the energies and emotions that come with that both positive and perceived negative. Yeah, for sure. And, and I, I do think that, um, the first time that I had done a motion code with you, I did have a few days afterwards where I felt, um, you know, I, I did feel, I felt tired. I felt, you know, I'd have kind of headaches on and off. I would, I would have these things that would come up that I hadn't thought about. And I didn't necessarily even remember that they had existed. And every time it's like, uh, these are things that have been clearly been living somewhere for who knows how long. And when you get past that, that period, the best way that I could describe it as that heart wall, which we'll talk about in a second, because a lot of people probably have never heard of what a heart wall is, but um, as it starts to come down and you start to open yourself up, the, the best way that I could describe it is that you feel pure positive emotion to a greater degree that you probably haven't felt before. Um, but again, with something like a heart wall, uh, explain what a heart wall is and, and how we develop a heart wall through life experience and how life experiences can start to add kind of this shell around our heart that, that puts kind of a filtration system on positive emotions coming in, you know, receiving love and, and giving love or, or receiving, you know, appreciation, giving appreciation and, and what a heart wall is and how people develop them, you know, over time and, and not on purpose, obviously. Yes. Well, great explanation, by the way. Um, it is basically a heart wall. Almost everyone has one, uh, unless you've had it and you've targeted it and you've cleared it with the emotion code. I've never met anyone who doesn't other than children who have not yet built one up. Um, basically, it's when you go through life and you experience that first intense emotional experience and your heart feels vulnerable. It feels like it needs protection. And so what it does is it takes the energy that you're feeling. Let's call out grief. For example, you lost your family pet. Okay. You're experiencing this energy of grief and your heart feels like it needs some protection. So it takes 
that energy ball and it puts it in front of you like a floating barrier between you and life, basically. And that is the beginning of your heart wall. And then you go through the next experience in life. Let's say betrayal and your heart feels vulnerable again. So it puts betrayal on top of grief. And then, you know, you go through heartache and insecurity and this wall just gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And what happens is, is that you end up walking around with this protection barrier all of your past traumas that are making you jaded to life experience. And so when you want to send out that beautiful emotion of love to someone, you're sending it out and generating that energy from your heart, but it has to go through this wall of low vibrational energy. So it's not the same when it comes out on the other side and vice versa. When someone is sending you that beautiful energy of love, it's going through that low vibrational wall of energy and you are not receiving it. So the way you described how you feel those positive emotions more intensely, you do, as you start to take down this wall barrier, you realize, wow, okay, like I don't need that protection anymore. My subconscious mind put it up for a period, for a purpose. It served its purpose, but I'm, I can heal that and I can let that go. And I can feel life again because when you want to manifest anything, those gener- those emotions are generated from your heart. So if you have this wall barrier in front of you, you are literally blocking those energies from reaching the universe. And so taking down that heart wall is crucial for feeling love, for your own success, for your own creativity. So you don't feel isolated in this little bubble. And I'm sure most people or most listeners have met somebody that they feel, they can just feel that person has a wall up. Mm -hmm. And it's true. You know, if somebody's gone through a lot of hardship in their life, their wall might be super, super large and it keeps people back. It keeps people at bay and people don't get too close to that person because they can't energetically, they cannot. That person has put up a protection barrier. Sure. Do you think this is why people sabotage relationships? So when yeah. things are going well, you know, they they meet someone that they really like and the other person really likes them and they're everything they could want. And then, you know, unconsciously they start to run these sabotaging patterns where they'll actually start pushing the person away. You know, yes. they'll screen their texts, they'll go out drinking, yes. they'll do things that they, you know, logically don't make sense, but because the subconscious mind doesn't work on logic, right? It's, it's kind of this, like, um, I've been hurt in the past. I don't want to be hurt again. So let me, you know, kind of push this person away. What happens for somebody in relationships when they start to pull their heart wall down? Well, basically you are becoming more vulnerable, but you're becoming more vulnerable in a good way, in a real way. You're experiencing life the way you should be experiencing life. And so when you start to heal your past emotional traumas, especially if you're taking that into a new relationship, you want to make sure that you're healing those past traumas and those past emotions, because if not at a subconscious level, you are continuously remembering them and your ego will remember them. And so a situation might arise with your new partner. And then your ego says, I've been hurt. I remember this. I'm not going there again. And you have this emotional reaction based on a past experience. So yeah, taking down the heart wall is super important when moving forward in new relationships, because you don't want to be carrying that emotional baggage into this new relationship. And when you let it down, you and your partner are going to be able to feel that flow of energy, that flow of love that you are sending to each other without the low vibrational energy from the past getting in the way. Yes. Um, the, so the, a great analogy um, on the emotion documentary is somebody trying to send pure positive emotion, but it goes through that 
filtration system, right? And it doesn't come out like this beautiful energy. It comes out kind of this tainted energy yes. because it's had to go through these past experience. Um, I think a really important thing for people to understand too, is that in their blueprinting years, you know, from zero to seven, the, the mind is in, you know, the brain is in the theta state all the time. They're very, very impressionable. The subconscious mind, the, the belief systems being formed. Um, how is it that, that like childhood experience plays out in our adult lives? You know, uh, I think that a lot of people consciously know they want to change, but the subconscious mind is so unbelievably powerful, right? Like you said, governing over 95% of our, of our behavior. So um, what does like, you know, what does childhood experience look like for somebody then repeating patterns as they go into their 30th, 40th, 50th year of life, repeating things they learn in childhood, not really understanding why it is that they do the things that they do. Very, very good point. And this is where I will bring in the topic of Psyche. Uh, so when I was working in my practice and healing and we were releasing trauma energies, that was the emotion code, body code, super effective. You feel the shift. It's an energetic shift. You feel great but you can repeat those patterns because of the blueprints that you're talking about. And those are what we call the core beliefs. And those core beliefs that are developed from zero to eight, they actually think it begins in your third trimester in the womb. Yes. Your subconscious mind is starting to learn about life because you're this blank slate and you learn about life through your senses, through what you see, hear, taste, smell, touch. You're learning about life. You are a sponge. So everything you witness at this subconscious level, whether it be through family relations, through TV, through your community, you're learning about life. And those core beliefs really do affect you for the remainder of your life because your belief system creates your reality. So if you go through life and you're, you've gone through a traumatic first eight years and you have the core belief, there's two, a positive and a negative. So the universe is a friendly place or the universe is an unfriendly place. Mm -hmm. If you are going through life with this core belief that the universe is an unfriendly place, unfortunately, when you go through life, you are not going to be trusting. You're going to be holding back things like that, or a core belief. I can, and I can't, I've had clients where they're stronger in, I can't than they can. And when that happens, they're not moving forward. Again, they're finding difficulty and roadblocks in all of these areas, or I welcome changes in my life is another core belief, or I want things to stay the way they are. So it is really a deep dive into, okay, let's look at these core beliefs that were developed from zero to eight. Let's see where you're, where things are not testing correctly and let's fix it. And the core belief session really only needs to be done once in your lifetime. You go through it, you're done, you're good. And for some people, it is the final thing when they've gone through so much healing, through so much modalities, and there's still something that is not right. That's when they're like, I think I need to go into my core beliefs. And so we use Psyche for that. I love it. I want to ask you about Psyche in a minute, because the first time that I ever did it was with you. And I've heard uh, people like I've heard people like Bruce Lift, Lipton talk about it. I mean, it's it's uh, and I think people would say something along the lines of I, I'm too busy. I don't have time to do this work. I don't have time to change. But when you think about the fact that the conscious you, your conscious effort, you know, what Joe Dispenza would call matter trying to change matter is a very slow process. Right. Because you're still working off of a program. Right. And, and it's like a computer program that can be upgraded. 
But when people are trying to push against the unconscious program, it typically doesn't work very well. But I wanted to ask you about a belief, right? Because beliefs are the things that we that we act in alignment with. But why is it mission critical for somebody to change what what they truly believe to be true in the subconscious mind to get a result that they want, be it in relationship, be it in finance, be it in their health, anything? Why is it important for somebody to do work around shifting what they actually believe to be true? Because the subconscious mind, like you said, is a computer and it's basically running on a program. So if your programming says, if you look at the affirmation, I deserve the very best life has to offer. If your programming says, um, no, not for this person. No, we don't deserve the very best life has to offer. That's an issue with your programming. And once we discover that limiting belief, that's where we would program the opposite program, which is I deserve the very best life has to offer or about worthiness, about love. Um, I am worthy of a loving, intimate relationship in my life. I have many clients that we've discovered this is a limiting belief. They don't believe they're worthy of it. Hence, they're not achieving that successful relationship that they want to manifest and bring into their life. So it's all about discovering, okay, where in that programming is it not supporting the reality that you want to live? And once we've discovered it, it's the most powerful thing in the world because we can reprogram and we can change it through right, left exercises and psyche, um, psyche, they're called balances to get that programming working for you. And then what ends up happening is you're living a life by design and not by default, which is your old programming. Yeah. I, um, you mentioned worthiness and in doing a lot of the inner work, that was something I didn't understand or realize, but worthiness being one of the things or or a lack of worthiness, right? Being one of the things people don't even understand is holding them back, right? The, The classic saying, like, we don't get in life what we want. We get what we think we deserve, right? And so if somebody's running, if somebody's listening to this, you're running a sabotaging pattern in your finances, you know, things start going well and you spend all the money or you accidentally manifest some bills that you didn't see coming or, you know, you, you meet someone really nice and then you just start ghosting them and you can't figure out why you're doing it. Start to really examine like where kind of your worthiness set points are. How much money do I think I deserve? And the cool thing with money is it will never tell you a lie, right? It's like, if you want to know how much you think you deserve, just open your banking app and it'll tell you, yeah, there it is right there. And it's a very, very measurable thing. Um, but I, I really want to ask you about Site K because I became very infatuated with the unconscious mind when I started to, and and the age old question, I mean, what led me to all of this work personally was the age old question of why do I do the things that I do? Why am I the way that I am? Why are other people a certain way? And why do I do things in a certain way that, and a lot of this was around money. It was a, a deep desire to learn how to create a new financial life for myself for my kids, for all these things, because there were so many layers, so many unbelievably unsupporting habits and, and, and beliefs and thoughts. And you'd write down on these journals, Oh my God, I'm so rich. I'm so rich. And the body's going like, no, actually you're not. Uh, right. And (laughs) so the body is is using that 5% of the conscious mind to try to override, you know, years and years of of programming. Um, but what is psyche and, and, you know, for, for somebody who like myself, before I had tried it, I had no idea what it was, no idea 
how it works, but the importance of being able to rewire and reprogram the subconscious and get the left brain and the right brain working together. But what is just kind of a, you know, kind of a simple overview of what Psyche actually is and what does it do for people? So Psyche again uses muscle testing. So it was an easy transition to bring into my practice. Uh, what we do is we muscle test your alignment with certain statements. So we will pull out an affirmation. We'll see how you're aligning with that. If you're strong or you're weak, if you're considered muscle test weak on that affirmation, that's where we would muscle test. Okay. Subconscious mind, what is the right combination? What is the right body position to balance this affirmation so that we can program it so that it will be strong in the subconscious mind. Let's go back to the basics. Let's say I am enough. It's a very common affirmation. A lot of people know how important and crucial it is. I am enough. That's a basic one. If you are testing weak in this affirmation, your subconscious mind says, I don't believe you. And you can say this a hundred times a day and it may start to believe you through repetition, uh, but it may not. And Psyche is a modality where because we're using muscle testing, we're going straight to the subconscious mind and we're saying, okay, what is the best position to program it? Subconscious mind will let us know what is the best right left brain exercise to do. We program it. And then through muscle testing, the client will see, ah, okay, we've just changed that programming. That was a successful switch. And they start to realize this is pretty cool. I can discover where my barriers lie, which are things that we've put up our limitations. And we can start to shatter those limitations. And when you do that, you're future becomes infinite possibilities. Basically it is, you are the co-creator of whatever reality you are living. And so when you start to take down the barriers of what you think you can't do, and you start to open up the possibility of what you can, and your subconscious mind is on board with you, then the universe just brings all the building blocks together and things just start to shift. Yeah. I, I know for certain that, um, you know, anything to work with the unconscious mind, be it, be it tapping, be it hypnosis. I mean, uh, all of these things, uh, meditation, again, slowing down your brainwave, getting into the operating system, uh, mental rehearsal. There's, there's so many different modalities, but I did find some really, really amazing shifts happen of the first time that I did Psyche, which was with you. Um, one of the most profound ones was actually around money. Uh, just had some really like mystical, experiences that I kind of couldn't explain, like people paying invoices in full when they weren't going to pay them for 60 days or 90 days, or people just, uh, I mean, just crazy, crazy things. Um, and understanding that, that, you know, a core belief that I had held around money was like, if I'm not struggling to get it, if I'm not, you know, sacrificing to get it, then it would be too good to be true for it to come in. Right. And, uh, a lot of the work that we did ar- around, you know, reprogramming, uh, reprogramming in the unconscious mind was about, you know, when when it believes something to be true, that that reticular activating system in the brain, the filtration system starts finding things that line up with that belief, right? So yes. if somebody says, you know, if somebody has a core belief, like relationships are hard to attract, right? They are blocking the brain is never going to go to work looking for you know uh, relationships that come easily and if a relationship does show up easily and it's misaligned with the belief that that you know that relationships have to be challenging or you have to work hard to get them um they'll do something to sabotage it right yes. they'll do something to sabotage it um yes 
what about the, the, the right brain and the left brain? And what happens when we have a level of incoherence between the two of them? Because one is very logical. I don't use that one as often as I use the other side. Uh, Creative, yes. <laughs> yeah. What happens when, when you do have, you have incoherence and misalignment um, and an incongruency between the right brain and the left brain? Well, if you imagine the two hemispheres of your brain and a line going down the middle, which actually exists, um, there's a blockage. And so if the right and left brain are not communicating on a certain, uh, let's call it an affirmation that we're working on, then there's a block because it's not communicating with the left side. It's not an easy flow of energy. So when we are muscle testing alignment on a statement, and let's say, um, you know, Let's pull out one amount money. Um, I am worthy. Yes. Um, I am worthy of, or I can make all the money I need doing a job I love. That's a huge block for most people. They don't believe that they can make money doing something that they are passionate about. Mm-hmm. So we look at the affirmation, I can make all the money I need doing a job I love. Okay, we've tested on this person, it's weak. What do we need to do? Sometimes we actually have to do an energetic connection where I have them stand up, do something called cross crawls, where they're connecting one side of their brain, which is testing weak. So I'll muscle test if it's the right or the left. They'll do something called cross crawls. And energetically, we have to bring the right and left together and connect it. And um Once we've done that, I can muscle test again if it's strong, the right or left side. Once we get both sides of those uh, hemispheres of the brain communicating, then we can go ahead and program that affirmation. It's listening. It's ready to receive. And we correct that belief that, yes, I can make all the money I need doing a job I love, or I have a special gift to offer this world. There's a lot of things that people have no idea that they are testing weekend at the subconscious level that is actually blocking them from achieving what it is in life that they want to achieve. So it is right, left brain um, exercises, which are very effective. But like you said, EFT, hypnosis, getting into meditative states, repetition, even all of these things are ways to communicate and reprogram the subconscious mind. All of them work. Um, It's just finding out which one works for you and how much time you have dedicated to that. You know, psyche is pretty quick. It's basically a couple minutes, two to five minutes. Yeah. And, and that's the other thing too, like you said, repetition, um, you know, you, you can, uh, repetition is a way of training the unconscious mind too. It's just a little bit more strenuous because you are using your, you know, you are pushing your body through it. You're using, you're using physical, you're not using energy, you're using matter. Uh, but we've all done it when we learn to tie our shoes. We've all done it. Uh, when, I mean, you look at any habit, right? When's the last time somebody that drinks coffee every day had to really make up their mind or, or try to remember how to use the coffee maker. I mean, it's the body becomes the unconscious mind in, in that it's just a set of programs. The body is doing it better than the brain because it's, it's, it's programmed on autopilot. Right. Um, I think one of the beautiful things about, about what you do and anybody that, that starts to learn to, to reprogram the unconscious mind is that change doesn't have to be hard and it doesn't have to take a long time, right? You just, have to get to what are the core beliefs. And if you can understand that the unconscious mind is what is perpetuating these behaviors, it's what's keeping you from starting the business. It's what keeping you, it's keeping the the glass ceiling over your financials. It's keeping you from attracting love. It's keeping you from making all the moves that you want, you know, to make in your life because it is programmed for safety, familiarity, and all these things. And when it sees something new, a new potential, it might think, oh my God, 
potential danger, right? We should steer clear of this. But I think such a beautiful thing with, with what you do is that when, when people go to you and, and they do this work, they'll start to see unbelievably fast shifts taking place and they'll literally start to feel energetically very different. And like you said, with the affirmation, I'm enough, I am enough. And the body's not on board with it. Right. And if we look at when people talk about the law of attraction, well, really, you know, your feelings are making that magnetic charge and your feelings are what are drawing the experiences to you or repelling the experiences from you. Right. right. So if, if somebody has tried affirmations and they're like, I don't understand why this doesn't work. It's because there, that statement is never making it through the brainstem. It's never getting into the body and, and really becoming something that, that they embody energetically. And like you said, they could do it, you know, every day for say, you know, 21 day, 21 to 67 days to form a new neural network or something, or you could just, you know, just do it faster, find a modality like psych K where you can right. do it really, really quickly, clear the energy out of the body, get it out of the unconscious mind and get the unconscious mind on board with your goals. And from my experience, you know, and working with you and doing, you know, EFT and hypnosis and all these things, there is nothing more powerful than when the subconscious mind is on board with something that you want, because it will start to drive your behavior in ways that you're like, whoa, I didn't see myself starting the podcast or the business or doubling my rates or anything like yes. that. Um, yes. The subconscious mind scans the universe and it says, okay, how am I going to make this happen? Because we've put the program in. And so what it's doing is it's saying, okay, now I just have to find how let yes. me take over and find out the, how you just keep going through life. So that's where psyche is actually quite powerful. And I realized the two together were very important. Like you do need to heal your trauma energies yes. because it does bring your vibration up, which like you said, you need to be in this high vibrational state to like really put that manifesting power there. Um, but when you give your subconscious mind the breadcrumbs and the cookie crumbs and says, okay, this is a goal that we are on board with. And this is what we're working towards. The subconscious mind wants to make it happen for yes. you. It's a computer and it's going to say, let's run we are going with that. And you don't have to do anything. It's going to scan the universe and start figuring out ways to make this happen. Yeah. Just like you don't have to try to hold yourself back <laughs> when the subconscious <laughs> is not on board. Like you don't have to put in a lot of effort to do Netflix instead of building your landing page. Right. But right. when it is on board, it will say, no, no, I don't want Netflix. Yes. I want the hundred thousand dollars a year. We're going. I want yes. the hundred thousand dollar month. Yeah. All those yes. things. So um, I think if somebody's struggling financially and listening to this, I think it's it's a very mission critical time in your life to start to examine your beliefs and and to start to to do the work that is going to rewrite the unconscious program. Because when it starts to happen, I mean, you'll just find yourself doing things. You go, where is this even coming from? Like this, I mean, it's yeah. it's your creativity starts to open up and you're finding all the different channels in which abundance can flow into your life. It's amazing. Yes. And those, you know, with going back to the emotion code thing too, for a second, a lot of people wouldn't understand maybe the topic of the vibration or the frequency that your body is emitting and creating all the time. But those past experiences, a lot of the time, or the thing you're hanging on to, uh, be it a relationship or a business or a friendship or something like that is actually emotionally weighing you down. 
And a lot of times it's a matter of clearing that, you know, on a, on, on an energetic level or physically letting go of, you know, things, something you need to let go of that's going to actually bring up that, that frequency that you're emitting. And it's going to start to draw in the new experience. And a lot of times those experiences can't come in while we're holding on to the old thing. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yes. There's a lot of things that could tie you to your past. And uh, once you heal that trauma, whether it be a negative energetic cord or just an emotional blockage to your own creativity, um, once you've healed that, you know, then that's when you can start to really examine, okay, what do I want for my life? And is my subconscious mind working for me or against me? This is, you know, a powerful thing to really investigate in whichever modality you choose. It can be anyone, but as long as you're looking at those beliefs and I think muscle testing, even if you do this yourself, will give you an idea of where your subconscious mind sits on that belief. Yes, 100%. Uh, I'm so appreciative of your time. Thank you so much. Uh, I want to cap this by asking you one question that I ask everybody. Uh, My mission and my message is is really helping people with developing authentic success, which is life on their terms, right? Because success has 7.75 billion different meanings to 7.75 billion different people. Yes. Uh, What does it mean to you? Success means to me is to, I think, dream big, achieve what it is that I'm going after, um, contentment, finding that within myself, you know, all of us have this potential and ability, but we don't realize that we have it already within us. We don't need to look abroad or in the outer world for it, that it already exists. And that, you know, for me, it's just, okay, you know, setting my dreams big, achieving what it is that I want to achieve for myself, for my children, for the future generations, and also for my clients. When my clients achieve their success, I truly feel like it's a success for me. So (laughs) yeah, it's, it's, you know, when they win big or they heal or they achieve something for me, that feels like a win. So also for success for my clients. I love it. It makes me so happy. Where can people connect with you if, uh, if they want to start doing some of this work? Uh, they can connect through Instagram, Facebook, or I uh, have a website as well. It's Edson Emotion Reset, uh, dot com or on Facebook and Instagram, Edson Emotion Reset. So yeah, awesome. I look forward to connecting with anybody who wants to figure out, okay, what are my limiting beliefs? What traumas do I need to heal? Even it, just trying one session, seeing if this is for you. Yes. Uh, every person that I've, that I've sent your way, I've been like, you Thank need you. to do this and you need to do it now because the things that start to open up, if somebody's really, really stuck, the things that start to open up once you start doing this work is absolutely unbelievable. And I'm just so uh, appreciative to, you know, to have connected with you and to, you, you know, just continue to work with you in the future. Cause I think I still have more things always to, to, to unwire and rewire. So Thank you so much, Jocelyn. I really, Thank really you. appreciate your time. And I will leave a link to all of your contacts in the show notes. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Authentic Success Podcast. If you've made it this far, it means you are not a dabbler and that you are someone who's truly committed to making a lasting change. If you like what you heard, please leave a rating, comment, or review as it helps me bring this message to more people that need it. If you want to go a step further, this is an invitation to grab a free copy of my book, Authentic Success, at jordanulrich.com forward slash success. Keep your energy up, keep moving forward even when it's scary, and I'll see you on the next episode.